Hello, and today on the podcast, our trip around the globe takes us to Canada and a gold medal winner for Team GB at London 2012. So this week I thought I'd try and get an idea of how life has been overseas over the last 12 months. On Monday I spoke to Rob Woodhouse in Melbourne, Australia. On Tuesday in the North Island of New Zealand, it was Tim Brabant's and I was pretty envious of both their lifestyles. Today, a man who retired at the top after he got gold alongside Etienne Stott in London in the canoe slalom. And he's now living in what sounds an idyllic place in Canada. Hello, Tim Bailey. Uh, yeah, hi Mark. Uh, great to see you too. I'm in um, Squamish in British Columbia and it's between Vancouver and Whistler. So um, <laughs> a very nice spot to be fair. It sounds an idyllic place actually for someone who loves the outdoors. It's brilliant. Yeah, like a minute from my door, I can be on like mountain bike and hiking trails. We haven't done as much of it yet, but the whitewater kayaking here is really good. The skiing's awesome and um, yeah, it's lots to do. Yeah, enough, enough. Um, what about the last year though with COVID and the restrictions? I'm trying to get a feel for how it's been in different places around the world. We had Tim Brabant on yesterday from New Zealand who was telling us, you know, it's pretty much life as normal there. How about Canada? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's not New Zealand. <laughs> they certainly seem to have done very well. But we, we've had it pretty well, I think. The, the beginning was tough. I've got three young kids, and at the early stages, um, daycare was closed here, so I had to take a break from work for a while and access one of the Canadian benefit programs they ran for helping people in that situation. I guess off the back of what I said just before, it's, it is very... We've got very good access to the outdoors here. There's plenty to do. So the, um, I think those few months when I was looking after them have probably given the kids a lifelong loathing for hiking. <laughs> we did a lot, a lot of that. I, I can uh, cope that well with all three of them in the house um, without a purpose. So, uh, yeah, we hiked a lot. But um, the restrictions here at the moment are, yeah, it's restrictive socially and that's been a challenge. But in terms of activities and, and outlets for that sort of thing, it's it's really good still. And, well, most people are super stoked that the mountain's still open and the skiing's still going on because that's a real nice break for everyone. And um, What about so socially? I mean, schools are open. Can you go as a family to a restaurant or anything like that? Yes. So schools have, have been open since the September when they went back after the summer. There's a lot of restrictions in place around that and yeah the, so the kids are kids are doing what they're meant to be doing and um like i say mainly the challenge is kind of socially the, the good thing here is like what a lot of adults do for social time it would be activities so like you know and, and mountain biking with people has still been um acceptable for most of the time and so yeah done a lot of that but we've not done much time you know hanging out as a whole family with other families which has been yeah it is tough and weird and uh, <laughs> looking forward to things going back to a slightly more normal footing. So to being an Olympian and to being a gold medal winning Olympian does that moment still stay with you? Yeah and it's still like you know when you meet people and you chatted with them for a bit and then like later on they find out you're an olympic gold medalist it's always a bit of a <laughs> incredulous uh, look <laughs> i don't know it's a, in many ways it's a different world now definitely still take confidence and satisfaction from the experience and the 
um, you know, the things you learn, I suppose, more than anything, give you confidence. I guess the, the outcome of the race, probably more so than it, it should, gives you a lot of confidence in, in the process you followed and, and how that could be applied to other things. I guess, yeah, it is funny. It's interesting in a way that, like, you know, winning a gold medal in a, a relatively niche sport doesn't certainly doesn't set you up financially for the rest of your life. And then having pursued it for so long it has done quite the opposite. And then uh, probably we've definitely made things hard for ourselves in that realm by trying to move out here and um, trying to make it work here is definitely like financially like, yeah, it's hard going. So, uh, yeah, that's kind of that becomes a bit more of your uh, <laughs> day to day concerns. A couple of things there. I got a feeling that the last time I saw you, you were with Etienne and you were going on a school visit and you're both walking tall with your gold medals around your neck. But I think it's fair to say you were both a bit surprised that actually it didn't bring you opportunities. And you talked there about the finance. It didn't really set you up for life in many ways. It was a moment in time, but actually you had to move on and find something else to do with life. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you would never pursue canoe slalom to to make your million or whatever <laughs> so it wasn't you know it wouldn't ever have been a surprise from that perspective it was more a case like once you started to realize what some athletes were paid for you know through sponsorship or appearances or whatever it was wasn't even disappointing that you didn't have it because you could understand the factors why your sport you know didn't command that sort of money yeah you just realized like Oh wow, you know it's it's quite different. And then meeting people, I met some people that kind of a couple a couple of different occasions where people were like, "Wow, if you can't, you know, if you can't leverage a, a gold medal to make like a lot of money, you're you're doing something wrong. You're not thinking about it properly." And I just you start to wonder, uh, um, am I missing something? But I couldn't ever uh, quite see that. And um, it's not to get bogged down in it, but yeah, it was um, yeah interesting i guess more than anything you didn't really realize what was out there until you kind of saw and got a sniff of what was going on and then it was uh didn't really come to pass for us i think you know talking to to etienne who's obviously thrown himself into extinction rebellion it was almost like he wanted his medal to to spur him onto something else and that's what he found in the end and i guess with three kids you found more than enough to be doing yeah for sure and that's it it's like definitely after the um after the games, you did feel like, okay, you had a platform and there was some like level of responsibility or, you know, you felt like you could leverage it to do something bigger and more useful. Etienne's a extremely energetic and driven personality. And I think um, moving on to something that you could get behind is, is really important. Is it true that you had two gold post boxes? Yeah. Yes. So in my hometown, um, and there's varying stories the shops, the shopping kind of uh, centre in the middle of the uh, village slash town now, there's a, a round big post box, which would be the most obvious one to paint. Um, and then I suppose if they didn't, if you weren't going to do that one, you might pick the one closest to my parents' house or something. But I think the people tasked with doing the painting drove into West Hill on a different route to the person that was explaining to them where the post box should be was expecting <laughs> and so they they painted the first one they came to which should have been the main one at the shops and instead was um and it was like a small one 
on a, a little rectangular one on a post. It was a really bizarre one to pick out of the whole of West Hill. It would be like the most unlikely one you could pick. So then, um, yeah, off the back of that, they kind of very nicely kind of rectified the the mistake and, and painted another one and, and left the initial one as well. So yeah, the the main one at the shops got painted as well. Yeah, and just next to that, there's a um, sort of commemorative, it's not a statue, but it's like a, a kind of metal piece of art with a, like two paddles. Oh, that's a great legacy, isn't it? I mean, that's fantastic. How about the kids? Have you showed them the medal? Do they like it? Do they get it yet? Are you going to keep showing them every year until they do get it? <laughs> yeah. Bop them on the head with it once a year. <laughs> Respect this. Um, no, I try not to. Um, I guess I'm just kind of, you know, you're conscious of like, you'd never want your kids to be going around school bragging or anything like that. So we downplay it pretty hard. The, the medal, like, I guess for a while there, it, it did a lot of miles around like various schools and, uh, you know, shows and whatever. And now it mostly lives in its case. So we had, you know, like, because me and Etienne were on the front cover of the Times and then the Times sent us a framed copy of that afterwards and like various other mementos um, and all that stuff was so nice it was funny because I didn't want the, our like living room to be a shrine to <laughs> my Olympic canoeing um, but at the same time we had some nice things that we wanted to like the best way to protect them from getting ruined was to hang them on the walls so this this stuff up my youngest Ilsa I don't think she knows anything about it really um, Stuart's kind of six and a half now so he's a bit more aware brilliant oh well look be proud uh, it's great to see you and great to hear from you great to hear you're still in touch with etienne he tells me that he's been teaching your son some french during lockdown over zoom which is great yeah very useful um because I, I can't speak well yeah very limited french brilliant tim well thanks very much for joining us today thank you cheers mark thanks that's tim bailey all the way from a beautiful sounding british columbia in canada tim gold medal winner alongside Etienne Stott in the canoe slalom at the London Games in 2012. Thanks very much for Tim for joining me. The latest look at preparations and life around the world as we head towards the Tokyo Games. Thanks very much for listening once again today to Destination Tokyo and I'll see you tomorrow. Bye bye.